0: and welcome to catholic conversations this is your host adrian fonseca and we're going through the book the sanctifier a classic work on the holy ghost and it's an excellent work i have to say and we're going through today practicing the presence of the holy spirit today is actually a shorter uh, segment so yesterday was short today was going to be even shorter than yesterday's and that means we'll get through it very quickly today so leave a comment i'd love to chat with you in the comment section. But we'll go straight into it. And just so you know, if you have not seen a single episode before this, don't worry. We'll get you caught up. You won't be able to, you won't miss anything. And in the description is a link to where you can watch the full playlist of us going through the book, The Sanctifier by Archbishop Martinez, who allegedly is an incorruptible. So a pretty cool uh, person right there. Uh, Maybe we'll do an episode about him as a person later on. Now, like, subscribe, hit the bell notification, and leave a comment. All those things are a huge help to me, and thank you for everyone who has been doing that. I'm very grateful, and I try to respond to as many comments as I can um, whenever I remember. So, thank you very much. Alright, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Thy well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Thy well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well beloved spouse. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Chapter 8. Practicing the Presence of the Holy Spirit. By its very essence, the Christian life is the mutual possession of God and the soul. True devotion to the Holy Spirit, as already noted, is the loving acceptance of that life. In its full realization, It follows that in order to be truly devoted to the Holy Spirit, we must continue perfecting that mutual possession, adapting ourselves to the divine exigencies, exigencies, our love to His love, our activity to His gift, our efforts to His action, that we may grasp consecration to the Holy Spirit in all its fullness. It is necessary to analyze what is demanded of us by each one of the sanctifying offices, as we call them. That the Holy Spirit exercises in our soul. If He is our guest, we must give Him a place in which to dwell. If He is our director, we must submit to His inspirations. If He is our gift, we must possess Him. If He is the artisan who, in a divine way, brings our soul to its perfection, we must let Him work. We must be submissive to His loving designs. Now, right off the bat, He is summarizing all the chapters that came before. Because we talked about the Holy Spirit as the guest of our soul. He who enters into a place and dwells within us. So we should prepare a place within our soul. Prepare for the coming of the guest. We, he talks about him, the Holy Spirit, as our director. And if he is our director, if he's going to be guiding us, telling us what to do, where to go, how to do things, we have to listen to him. And you cannot have a good mentor or a good director or a good boss if you do not listen to him. It's impossible to have a good relationship with them. He is our gift. And so what happens with a gift? A gift is offered to you. It is presented to you. The giver will give you a gift. And it is your job to receive the gift. If you do not receive the gift, then that's the gift is pointless. You cannot take possession of it if you don't receive it. So we have to receive the gift and take possession of it and make it our own. You can't just give it away or dispose of the gift. You have that ability, but you should not do it. And finally, the artisan who tries to create our form into the form that is present in the mind of God. That is the the action of the divine artisan. So the Holy Ghost tries to conform ourselves to the image of the Father or to the image of to the image of Christ who is all his actions directed toward the glorification of the Father. if I want to be more specific. Each aspect of his mission in our souls imposes special duties on us. Each one of his gifts demands a loving adaptation of our soul. Let us begin by examining what the Divine Spirit, as the most delightful guest of our soul, asks of us. Our duty towards a guest is to remain with him while he is in our house. Now here's just a common courtesy thing, right? This is something that is kind of lost nowadays without etiquette, proper etiquette. You are to accompany your guest. You're not supposed to abandon your guest. Leave your guest behind. Don't leave him alone. The Holy Spirit dwells permanently in our souls, which have been consecrated as his temples. He is not our guest of a single day, but our eternal guest. Consequently, our duty is to live with him, to live always in his presence. How sweet and fruitful, then, our lives would be. For there is no bitterness in his treatment of us, And his divine conversation causes no weariness. The intimate life with the Holy Spirit is in reality love. If he is our guest, it is because he loves us. The scriptures, as we have seen, speak of charity and of the Holy Spirit dwelling in our souls as being the same thing. St. Thomas says very clearly, The Holy Spirit dwells in us by charity. In the same way, we live with the Holy Spirit if we love Him. So the Holy Spirit dwells in us by charity. In the same way, we live with the Holy Spirit if we love Him. And our life with Him will be perfect in proportion to our love. Nothing is more just than to love Him, for He is infinite love. Love is not loved. Jacopone de Tori used to cry through the streets in the excess of His love. Love is not loved. It is not the lack of a living faith as well as the deep misery of our hearts that explains this anomaly. Hmm. Now, the person he's referring to was a Franciscan friar, Jacopone um, de Tori, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but he was a poet who became a Franciscan friar after his wife died, and he's saying love is not loved. It's not the lack of living faith, as well as the deep misery of our hearts that explains that anomaly. Yeah, think about that for a second. We abuse love in our current culture. We abuse the language of love. That's very obvious. Just kind of referring to everything as love. We say we love pizza, we love our family, we love our friends, we love our dog, we love our lives. We all love... Everything. Everything we love. It's it's become less meaningful to say the word love. But it even goes further than that. That's just kind of a surface level thing. To go further, this abuse of love, saying love is love. Well, love is a person. Love is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost. And we do not love him properly. We do not give him the love that he deserves. Love is not loved. So he who is love manifested to us does not receive love in return. And it is our duty in the Christian life to give back to God the gifts that he gives us. The gifts that we receive. And so love is not loved. And that's a miserable thing a violation of the first commandment virtue of religion which is to give to God what is due to him and what is due to him well, ultimately everything but God asks us to love him to love God and love your neighbor right so if we are not loving love then there's our first mistake to love love is to live with him it is to allow ourselves to be possessed by him it is to impregnate ourselves with his divine fire to let ourselves be consumed by it, at first that fire is hidden in the depths of the soul, under the ashes of our wretchedness. Our heart is God's, but the greater part of our thoughts and acts escape His loving domin- dominion. The soul has, as it were, the principle of the do- of the presence of God, but this is not yet developed, and our spirit wanders among creatures without ever fixing itself. Complacently, on God. But love, like fire, is absorbent. Little by little, it extends its sweet demands until it pervades our whole being. Its victorious influence. Each day, our thoughts and our acts get nearer and nearer to love's source, until the thought of God and his loving presence becomes a divine obsession. Now notice this. If you ever feel that you are not making progress in the spiritual life or you feel like you're not doing things correctly yet, well, don't be discouraged because very clearly he's saying that it's like a flame, right? You think about if you get a, a fire, you get a torch or a lighter, you flick it on, the fire is burning, right? And let's say you get a candle, you light the wick it starts off small, and burns to a steady flame. Now let's say you lay a piece of paper over it. That paper will then start to burn in the center, Then it will start spreading outward until the fire starts enveloping the paper. And that enveloping of the paper will then start spreading to things around it. And next thing you know, everything is on fire. Now obviously it's bad to light things on fire in this way, But this is, of course, an analogy. And so the fire is the love of God. You just need a small bit of love of God. And you ignite that little flame. And the candle symbolizes stability. You light the candle, so you are actively doing the things, the actions to show that you love God. You're making these actions consistently. You may not be doing it with the most fervency yet, but you're just going through the motions. You're faking it till you make it. And then once that flame is stable, it'll start to spread. It'll start to ignite and it'll start spreading. And that flame will envelop yourself into a true and authentic love of God. Is not love the obsession that enslaves all our faculties? That absorbs all our lives, admits no rival, and is satisfied with nothing less than our whole being? Is not love the fortunate conqueror who entered through the gates of our heart? We knew not when, and after having gained possession of us, inch by inch, planted his triumphant standard to wave above us, leaving in his victorious path the bleeding shreds of what we formerly loved, casting from the soul all that is not his, to become the only master of our thoughts. What a mysterious thing is love. Nothing is so strong, nothing is so gentle. It is death and it is life. It ruthlessly kills all thoughts that do not correspond to its unique thought. All affections that are not fused in its unique flame, and all acts that are not the pedestal of its greatness. And when it destroys, it builds. When it kills, it gives life, new life, full and fruitful. Even on a natural level, we kind of understand this, right? When you fall in love with somebody, it becomes the thing that you think about more often than anything else. You become obsessed with the thoughts of the one you love. In fact, the other things in life become less important. You'll make sacrifices, uh, financial, time, um, whatever sacrifices it may be for the beloved. How much more should it be so for God? If you love God, if you love God truly, would you not give him every bit of you? We would do that with our families, right? With our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our spouses, our children. But will we do that with God? Will we say, I love you so much that I'm obsessed with you. I want to speak of nothing but you. <laughs> Think about uh, people who are newly fallen in love and They're so obnoxious to talk to because all they can talk to, talk about, is their new boyfriend or the new girlfriend. And that's kind of how we should be with God. And people would say that we shouldn't talk about God so much. I wonder, do you truly love God? Because I think of the words of St. Dominic who encouraged his brethren to speak only to God or about God. And I fail in that all the time, but... It's something that we should strive for, something we should at least attempt to do. When love has accomplished its work, there is perfect harmony in the human soul. All is united, all is blended in its marvelous unity. Therefore, one who loves God perfectly, it is imperative to live in his presence. When our eyes do not behold the beloved everywhere, and our thoughts do not go to him as a sunflower turns to the sun, when our heart does not rest in presence of the beloved or does not search for him, with torturing anxiety, when he seems to go away, when all the strength of our being does not throw itself upon the divine, beloved, as the impetuous torrent that rushes towards the ocean, then love has not yet attained its perfect development, it still has not succeeded in pouring the fullness of its life upon the mortal remains of the old affections. If we are to obtain intimate life with the Holy Spirit and to have the sweet presence of the Divine Guest, there is only one definitive and efficacious means. It is love. Where your treasure is, there also will your heart be, said Jesus. And we may add, where your heart is, there is your whole being. The secret of recollection of the presence of God is in the heart. If one is dissipated among many concerns, It is because his heart has not yet found its treasure. Other affections dispute with the true one for dominion over the soul. Love has not yet fully accomplished its work of death and destruction. Now we're going to read the last paragraph in just a second. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything between, leave a comment now because we are in the last paragraph for this chapter. But I want to bring up one point here before we close out. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. What do we love, right? Do we love money? Do we love fame? Do we love popularity? Do we love our lives? Do we love our family? What do we love the most? What do we treasure? Are we building up treasure here on earth or are we building up treasure in heaven? Because that's where our heart will be. And where your heart is, your entire being is. Because it's not about your physical heart, right? It's about your desires. It's about that what you love. And he talks about, if one is dissipated among many concerns, you think of what our Lord said. You cannot serve two masters. You either hate one or love the other. This is what happens. We cannot serve two masters. So, where are we going to put our treasure? Where are you going to place our heart. Are we going to place our heart in the treasure chest of the world with the fleeting desires of the world? Or will we put our treasure chest, our heart in the treasure chest of God? Because if we do that, then we will recognize the presence of the Holy Ghost. Because it's only by love that we can recognize the presence. And think about it. You, We talk about Practicing the presence of God, right? That's kind of the subject for today. How often have you been with other people? Friends, family, a loved one, a girlfriend, boyfriend, your spouse. And you, let's say you're playing video games or you're on your phone or you're, you're texting somebody, you're watching a video, you're doing something else. And it's almost as if the person who you claim to love Is not even there. It's like you're not even talking to them. They're not even there. You don't even recognize their presence, even though they're sitting right across from you at the table. They may be sitting right next to you on the couch, but you're so engrossed in the movie, TV show, video game that you're watching, you don't even recognize the presence of the person next to you. So too it is with the Holy Spirit. If we do not love the Holy Spirit, if we do not give him our attention and we're having our mind dissipated among many things, we're distracted by, by social media, video games, culture, politics, all of these other things. Not to say that you should never do those things. I mean, it would be more meritorious if you did, but it's not saying those things are bad or you should never indulge in them. But if you do not have the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, Uh, God himself uh, in the forefront of our mind as the first and foremost thing then how could we ever recognize his presence? We can't even recognize the presence of people who are sitting beside us physically that we can grab them and yet we expect like why can't I understand the presence of God? Why don't I know that he's here? He is there. He is there next to you, beside you, right there. And he loves you and he's giving his love to you and he wants you to accept his love. He wants you to reciprocate that love. And then we scream out, why don't we recognize your presence? Well, that's why. Alright, we'll finish the last paragraph and then we will go to comments. Happy the soul that is emptied of all affection for created things and that lets itself be invaded by the divine obsession of love. Its life is celestial, even in exile, for it lives on love, lives in intimate communion, With infinite love. So that will conclude this chapter. Uh, Tomorrow we'll go through chapter 9. The Holy Spirit strengthens our faith. And this one will also not be too long of a chapter. So praise be to God. Okay, let's see. Comments. Uh, F-I-T-L-Y says, I came on just a little late, but I agree with you. Yes, if we truly love God, when we don't talk too much about God, comes up. That's true. He says, in a book I'm trying to read, it says that Jesus loves us so much, but he is not loved much. I need to get the exact quote, but it is heartbreaking. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly right. We we abuse the love of God. Christ loves us. He wants what's best for us. And we reject him. We don't talk about him. We say it's not polite to talk about religion in front of other people, which is the craziest thing. Because imagine if someone told you that about your family. Oh, it's not polite to talk about your family in front of other people, it makes other people uncomfortable. Don't talk about your family. It's absurd. If you love God, if, if religion is just something you do, then I guess that makes sense. You can just categorize it, oh, you know, we just don't talk about that kind of thing. But if religion is your life, is your love, how could you ever say that we should not talk about that in polite company or in any situation? It's absurd to think about. So definitely something to keep in mind. All right, we'll close up with a Ave Maria. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death, Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who every recourse to thee. Spouse of the Holy Ghost, have mercy on us, or pray for us, rather. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. <clears throat> Alright guys, God bless you, God love you, see you tomorrow. Like, share, subscribe, hit the bell notification, check the description there, you can find the whole playlist of this series, and you can also donate if you feel so inclined. And I would highly recommend sharing the whole series with someone who you think might find this interesting or learn something. Alright, God bless.